Hello and welcome to Board Stupid, the podcast that loves talking tabletop board games, D&D and other awesome stuff. I'm Wayne. I'm Simon. I'm Tom. I'm Ant. And I'm Jason. And we are very privileged and thrilled to welcome our two esteemed guests for this very, very special episode. Uh, Mr. Ant from the MTVB podcast and Mr. Jason from the Meeple Minded podcast. How are you chaps doing? Really well. I made it to the big leagues. Yeah, I made the cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have got more content than we have, I think. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm absolutely thrilled to bits. This is the first time we've done this three-way podcast crossover, and it's uh, very exciting. We've been planning it for a little while, and I'm really happy that this is the one that we've managed to do it for. So thank you for joining us for our first annual top ten of all time. How exciting is that? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Kind of nervous at the same time as well. Yeah, nervous and <laughs> excited. It's going to be a bit of a train wreck. Like <laughs> no, no, All no. of us going, no, 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 you're wrong. No, organised chaos. Organised <laughs> chaos, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as it's organised, kind of. Anyway, uh, we're just nerds talking about the things we love that are worth geeking out over. So, Simon, are you ready? I think so. Tom, are you ready? I am, and so is Frank. He's, he's just finally chilled down. Frank is ready too. I don't know what his opinion on my top ten are, but um, he's like, can I just have food? They all yep. taste the they same. They all taste the same to Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Ant, are you ready? Sure am. And Jason, are you ready? Is it too late to back out? It's not, yes. you're already here, no. I've locked the door. Yeah. <laughs> you're in. Then I guess I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do this. I'm ready to tell the people all over the world what the very best games of all time are. And of course, we'll all agree at the end of this show that my list was indeed the best one. So if you guys are ready, let's dive into this week's episode. <laughs> This week, it's the first annual Board Stupid Top 10 Games of All Time, where me, Tom, Simon, and our very special guests, Ant and Jason, run down our personal Top 10 Games of All Time in the hopes that you folks listening might just find something special, brand new, to add to your collection, or at least argue with me over the internet. So, before we even start then, chaps, I want to put the note out there that all of these games, as is the Board Stupid motto, are indeed awesome. We don't play crap games, at least on Board Stupid. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we don't <laughs> tend to play crap games. If it's a, if it's a game, I play it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I decide whether it's crap or not. Well, that's entirely fair. <laughs> yeah, no, we we tend to... It's yeah important to note that no matter where it occurs on the list because we've all sort of we'll talk a little bit later about how we did these lists but i've got like a top 50 some of you guys have got top 30 top 20 etc wherever it occurs the difference between 30 and one is just a matter of degrees right some of them are it's really really close it was very very difficult to decide oh anything between sort of number eight and number 18 on my list is like that could have been yeah. in any order it, you essentially know? if we mention yeah. it today it is well worth playing that's absolutely. I, yeah, I think yeah, that's I think absolutely that. the point. Yeah. So, in case you're wondering how we did this, we actually in advance all used the the Pub Meeple. That's it. The Pub Meeple ranking engine, uh, used by other esteemed podcasts and shows like the Dice Tower to work out their top tens and doing all their top ten uh, shows. What sort of considerations did you guys give when you were doing the ranking engine? And you say you had two specific games come up. What sorts of things weighed up in your mind before making that choice, uh, Ant? Um, a bit of everything, really. I mean, I've tried to do where I've had good experiences with them, ones that have completely shocked me as to um, why I put them in there because I didn't think they would be as I what they, what I think they should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm sure there'll be some examples later on in the top uh, top tens we go into. Um, just a uh, just a bit of everything, really. Just okay, nothing specific, just more of a gut feel. Sort yeah, of like. yeah, okay. yeah. Understood. I'm kind of the noob of the group, so I'm still trying to learn all these new awesome board games <laughs> oh, at the moment. Oh, so hush, oh, hush sorry. you with your two Simon, Simon's hanging on to that title, I think. <laughs> by, by, well, volume, both me and him, then. By volume yeah. of games owned, Ant is by far more experienced than I am. <laughs> To be fair, though, you do have two massive collections that you can play from. Yeah, this is true. (laughs) That is true. How about you, Jason? What was your kind of thought criteria behind this? It depends which time we're talking about. Like, the first time I took all sorts of things, like theme, all of that kind of stuff into it. Mm. Component quality I did. But this particular list was literally my... As personal as I could get. It's like, which one would I want to play more? Yep. If I literally presented this option, forget component quality, all of that, which one would I say, I want to play that because I know how fun it is. Yeah, ultimately so, that's what you want. So it's like, if you had more. infinite amount of time, which one would you take? Like, yeah, okay. exactly. This list I would just basically say is going to be a case of which order would I play it in. Yeah, makes sense. Like, this is probably the most fun to me personally, and then by the time we get down to number 10, it's still fun to me personally. But it's not quite as fun as number one. I see. Yeah, I see. I see. I see. Very, very hard to pick, though. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry. Just before I jump in, the uh, I've done a, a couple one where I was introduced into the certain genres of games as well. I see. So um, obviously, so with a fond memory for them. Yeah. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that plays in some of my choices as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. So how about you folks then, Tom? Uh, I ranked mine alphabetically. Greek alphabet. Yeah, when they came up, when they came up, it was it was primarily a gut feel. So I tried to react sort of quickly to what mm. come up, and then ultimately I generally found that that would mean uh, it was normally the sort of game that I would prefer to play if I had an unspecified amount of time or had plenty of time to play yes. the game okay, uh, and had plenty of space to play the game and the right group to play the game because obviously yeah. all of those things factor into it. Absolutely. Yeah, and Simon? Uh, yeah, a mixture of all of that really. It's on face value what sparks joy the most. When you see, you know, you see, yeah. the, you see the box and you go, damn, I want to play that. Every time you see it, yeah, yeah I want to play that game. Slightly with a combination adding in of just appreciating the sheer quality that the game represents. Yeah. But mostly driven, as the other guys have said, by what game do I want to play most? Mm. Yeah. It really has to come yeah. down to that. Yeah, I think it does. Um, I would agree. I had a couple of things really. It was if I had an infinite amount of time, what game, in what order would I pull these games off the shelf, right? If I had those yeah. two choices, yeah. I would pick that one first because this is the most exciting for me, right? That's that gut, mm. I, that good feeling that sparks the the joy in you and secondly i tried to in some instances think about when that feeling was relatively even i'm thinking about the time value proposition right so for the amount of effort that i put into this game and setting it up and teaching it and then playing it how much love do i get out of it how much enjoyment do i get out of it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. when all things are equal what's the time value proposition so Mm -hmm. i tried to think about that a little bit but other than that a lot of the time it was just gut right so going on my gut yeah, it's an interesting ranking engine. I don't know if you were going to go into the specifics of it. But, go ahead. Uh, essentially, you um, either manually type in or load in a list from somewhere like Board Game Geek, and then it then says, okay, so you, you've loaded this list of, say, 50 games. We're now going to rank them against each other. And it just presents you two. Pick one. 
Yeah. It's up to With, you without to, any context. Yeah, it's, it's, up, just, it's up to here's you a to, picture of these two games. Yeah. Pick one. Up to you to apply your your ranking criteria, I suppose. So all of those things we've just discussed, and then you go left or right, and then mm. it will present another two left or right. Sometimes it will leave one behind, and you go, oh, so I preferred that one more than that one. Do you prefer it more than this one? Do you prefer it more than this one? And then it will refresh. And so somewhere in the background, there's some cool maths going on that says, well, he said yes to this one more than these. And he said yes to this one more than these. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. Tinder algorithm that, that works. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. A really interesting thing, but it definitely left with some dichotomy of, well, God, these are opposite ends of the gaming spectrum from yeah. a simple card game to a hundred piece terrain battle. Like, well, how do I make that choice? I don't know. I'll pick one. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go with the gut. Yeah, if so, you can do. I mean, for myself at least, if not, I think you guys as well to a degree, this is a, the current representation yes. based on those choices made. If I was to sit down and literally try and work out my yeah. top 10 games of the 50 plus that I've known and played a lot, I'd be there for days. So this engine yeah. is very helpful, but also does have I think it's marginal limits. worth yeah. pointing out that even while we've just been sitting here getting ready for the podcast, I've had various games pop into my mind that I completely forgot to put on the list in the first <laughs> yeah, place. 100%. I don't yeah, think as... it would have made much of a difference to the top 10. To the top 10. But it would have yeah. been interesting to see where those fell as well. In the rest, yeah. of, the, uh, yeah. rest of the list. There's yeah. one that's I'm almost guaranteeing is on at least either yours or okay. uh, Wayne's list that I forgot to add to the list of games to be ranked. <laughs> so that's not going to feature in there. That being said, I've only played it once, so... Mm. didn't immediately necessarily jump into top 10 game anyway oh fair enough we will definitely definitely hear about it yeah on that on that point then how many crossovers do you think there might be because i think me and tom have had this discussion i think we we think there'll be about four or five crossovers just between me and you particularly our lists will cross over quite heavily four or five I think we're, me and Anne are going to cross over with a couple. I was going to say, yeah, I think we're going to get at least two, a couple. And also, I'm, I'm more interested in Jason and Simon's lists, <laughs> just because... I um, am, to Simon, be honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as well, just seeing <laughs> you know, your thoughts on, on what I we've played. I keep forgetting what's even on mine, so... Yeah, no, it's going to be I, I'm even interested in my own list, because <laughs> it really shocked me that that was the key thing. Like, well, that's... How my list turned out really wasn't how I planned oh, or thought right. it would. So, Interesting. Are we all ready then, chaps? Ooh. Ooh, all right, we're yeah, gonna, we'll, we'll go around clockwise, <laughs> starting from Jason. And oh, you can't do that. I'm doing me. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> number 10. Jason, what is number 10? Okay, so number 10 for me, I'm going to completely break this straight away by saying number 10 is actually a miniature war game. Oh, okay, that's fine. Um, if it's a war game, it's a war game. So for me, it is Marvel Crisis Protocol. Nice. Um, So sort of war game, sort of skirmish type game. But what I particularly like about that is it brought everything I ever wanted from a war game to the table. Interactive scenery that could be damaged, thrown, all of that. So a constant changing battlefield. Nice. A small amount of miniatures, not having to have hundreds of miniatures on on the table. Important. Less models for me to have to paint. And just a rule set that works and is fun to Quite play, easy to teach, very straightforward, and Marvel. I suppose what more can I say? It's a quick question. You like. did, you, did you ever play any of the Marvel Heroclix back I in the day, well, years ago? I never Heroclix, no. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I did at one point, but literally, as I was looking at that, is when Crisis Protocol was announced. Ah, well, and there you go. I already played Star Wars Legion. And this was sort of based on that system, but from a new company, which I suppose would be my final summing up for why I like the game is it's 
really well supported. It's about three years old now, but every month there's new yeah. releases, yeah. new characters, and every month the game changes. But without everything that came out originally, is still viable in the current game. Yeah, so that's they, good they've to kept see. Going. So yeah, number ten, Marvel Quest is pretty cool. Well, my number 10 is a game that actually came out last year, or mid, mid last year, I believe. And it's a game I would never thought would go into the top 10, but it's an engine building game called Furnace. Oh, and I've heard of Furnace. Uh, I don't I've know if anyone's played it, played it or no, not. I've seen it, but not yet to play it. So uh, mm. the reason I love this game so much is, again, it, it would never be something that up, that's up my alley, but there's one phase in that game, which is the hook on you know, the meat of the game. Yeah. And that's the bidding system. The bidding system in this game is brilliant. So essentially you have very quickly, you have counters that are numbered one to four. If you put number four on a card, you own that card, but the other people can still bid on that card and you can compensate materials from that card. Okay. So say like at the top of the card, it says two coal. If you put, you know, the number two on that, then you get that twice. You get four coal essentially, even though the card will go to certain person. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a, there's a lot more to it, but it's, it's, a, it's a game that's very quick, very easy to play. Um, and it's one of those games that when you get used to it, the game's over. There's only four rounds in this game. And then oh, when you nice. really, really okay. get into it, it's it's over. And you're like, oh, crap, I should have done this. I should have done that. Why didn't I trade in this coal for money? And that's the whole point of the game is to earn money. Most money wins at the end of the game. I've heard a lot of good cool. stuff about Furnace. And it's we've been talking good. a lot recently be. about games that respect your time. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. That's definitely yeah. one for the list then. And you love a bidding game. Don't I you do, so. I do. Yeah. Bidding yeah. system is, is unreal, isn't it? It's, like I said, it's just just a few counters, put it there, put it there. But, you know, make sure what you're bidding on and what you're going to earn out of it. So that's, that's what I just love about it. Because as soon as you see someone put the number four in it, it's like, well, what's the point of, you know, bidding for that card? Because yeah, it's going to win it. But oh. I can still earn mm. out of that card. Excellent. So that's why I really love Furnace. It was a surprise hit for me. Number, my number 10. Uh, I'm going to jump straight in with a Stonemaier game. Uh, nice. Ooh. Oh, Stonemaier uh, fanboy. Here we go. Uh, tapestry. Tapestry. Oh, okay. Oh, very nice. Nice. Yeah. We played Tapestry a few times. I really like Tapestry. It's got enough meat on the bones to be a sort of civilization 4X game mm-hmm. with a lot of clever uh, mechanisms for the way that sort of the development of your civilization interacts with it. It's got loads of different civilizations. It's already got an expansion, I believe. It's a I massive didn't know that. game. I didn't it's a, and it's a big game. It's a beast. It's yeah. a big game. Yeah, yeah it's a, a nice looking expansion from what I've seen. Yeah. Well, the whole production of that game is I love insane. the production yeah. on it. It's a really, really nice production. It takes up a huge amount of space, um, <laughs> which is not necessarily a bad thing. And uh, yeah, it's been something I've played a whole bunch of times since, uh, since I picked it up last year. That is number 42 on my list at the moment, but that's only because I was super salty the last time I played. I <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is you didn't win. Yeah. 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 I'll be honest, I need to play that. I think I've only played that once. I would like to give that another I've only played it the once, so it features, but it's well down. It's like a civilization-themed game. That's right, yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. Really, really good. Simon? Root. Root in at number Ooh. 10. Okay. Woodland Warfare, Cartoon Critters, Down and Dirty. To be honest, I thought that was going to be in your top five. Oh, okay. Least. Yeah. yeah, I thought that might be nice. It's, but... it's a, such a solid design in its asymmetric battling. It looks great. It really speaks to me because it's that odd combination and we do have a full episode available to to kind of discuss in depth, but nice background art and then this manic critters mm. <laughs> wielding axes and setting the woodland ablaze and the interoperability of all the different characters with a bunch of expansions are still to really the get into. The way it's put together mm. and the way all of the factions interact whilst still essentially playing their own game no one's playing the same game. Yeah. It is 
mind blowing. I, I don't well know anything that is so so different in each player's gaming actions. It's, it's, it's incredible. One of the most incredible pieces of design work that I've ever played. I mean, it's a phenomenal design. I mean, how they've done that. I mean, Carl Ferrin and uh, Carl Whirl uh, at this point are sort of becoming renowned for yeah. really avant-garde board game design, mm. and it's really exemplary in, in that particular game. Yeah, that's a shout. For me, my number 10 uh, coming in with the uh, tentacle action, uh, Eldritch Horror. Hey. <laughs> um, okay. This is, uh, when you talked about games that have like, you know, a place in your heart. This is one of the earliest big box board games that I owned. And it sort of sparked my love for brutally savage cooperative board games. Eldritch Horror is amazing. It's massively thematic. It's horrible to you. It beats you down. <laughs> you will die. You I will lose. die. You lose almost every time. You lose almost every time. But I love I love it anyway. Just, just laughing in the face of adversity as Cthulhu murks all of your uh, characters and everything goes tits up and horribly yeah. wrong. It's a wonderfully painful experience. <laughs> but it's so enjoyable, with not yeah, it? That's the thing. Yeah. I, I managed to actually get to play it last year, and it's, it's, I thought it was pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, Unfailingly enjoyable in the face of absolute carnage. Yeah, but yeah, and I, I've played that game a heap. I mean, I think you've played it at least as many times as me. I've got 20, mm. 30 times or more. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. It's, uh, yeah. it's savage, fun, uh, old school design at this point. I mean, what is it, 2013? That's old school these days. So, yeah. is it really um, that old? I think yeah. it might that, even wow, be. No, it's, it's been around for a long time. It's got loads of expansions. Wow. It feels mean to be saying, God, the game's old at nine years, but I suppose. But when you've got games coming thick and fast, it shows like, how it's just it, yeah. Yeah. I was games. bang on at 2013. I was just checking my own stats and I was right. <laughs> Never, never doubt the internet. <laughs> never doubt the internet. My number ten, Eldritch Horror. Nice, nice. To number nine. Okay, so number nine uh, kind of needs no introduction or for me to explain how to play the game. Number nine for me is Wingspan. Yay. What a great um, pick. So yeah, my first uh, my first introduction to Stonemaier Games was actually Wingspan. Uh, with your good self, Wayne. Um, yes, it was. And I remember at the time, like, what's all the fuss about with this game? Yeah, I, I didn't play this for so long because I just didn't want to buy into the hype. But it's about stupid birds. It's about <laughs> stupid birds. The, see, that's not why it's on here. I, the thing really doesn't do a lot for Are me. Are you not a big enough nerd playing board games? You also mm. like birds. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, for me, it is, it's the epitome of a really good engine builder that's easy to learn mm. and more importantly for me, easy to teach. It is and easy to teach. everyone that I've got to play this game has loved it, therefore it had to be on my list and I play it quite a lot now. It so. is immensely accessible for a game that isn't necessarily a yeah. simple game. It's not the easiest game you could teach someone, right? But even though it has, because it has a level of depth, there's a mm. lot of iconography, but I've taught it to as you say, Jeff, I've taught it to all sorts of people, yeah. non-board gamers and board gamers, yeah. and everyone can get the grips of it pretty easily. Mm. And to you, a degree, yeah. it does kind of look intimidating to try as well, mm. if you think about it. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that's what I was going in with that. It wasn't the fact that it was about birds. It was the fact that, you know, there's so much on the table here. It's like, am I going to be able to keep up with all the rules and stuff? Yeah. And the production exactly. is insane. Again, yeah. As is 100%, natural yeah. for Stonemaier at this yeah. point. Wonderful production. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that all those reasons that we've all talked about, that's why it had to be number nine for me. Uh, number my nine. Num my yep. number nine is uh, the game that got me into deck building, and that's Legendary Encounters: The Alien Edition. Legendary is an amazing, yes. amazing oh, game. Great yeah. shout! Uh, and it's the series that you know. It's based on the film series that I really adore. And um, yeah, it, what else can you say about it? I mean, there's all sorts of. The, the, Jason, you love the Marvel version. Yep. Uh, it's 
what comes in the box you know you've got all the films the expansions that come with it are brilliant uh and it's just got me hooked i've i've taught it to other people that are hooked on it as well and they've got them into deck building games so it has to go on the list have you so, played the marvel edition as well i have the marvel edition oh, you have it yeah as well? yeah i have that as uh, well yeah do you find them quite similar uh apart from the board it's a bit they're yeah. quite similar yeah 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 uh, apart from i think in the marvel you you can't actually die. You can take wounds, but you can't right. die. Whereas in the Alien one, it's like Dark Souls. You can die straight away. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope remember. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading about the Alien one. I mean, years and years ago when I was into board gaming, like first getting into it. It's been around a little while, that yeah. Alien one. And uh, you can't find it for love nor money these days, mm. at least. Well, I don't know if it's back in print, but I couldn't find it when I when I was looking for it recently. Mm. But I've heard it's a it's a belter, and that's a cracking choice. It's a great deck builder. Yeah, yeah. it had to go in because, like I said, it introduced me to that game, and I look forward to playing other new deck building games now. So mm. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Tom, uh, number nine. So I'm a sucker for tableau builders and worker placement games. So uh, Everdell. I was going to say, let me guess, uh, Everdell. No, a I thought game. would be top five, Mr. Tom. No, actually, I, I, I had originally thought it would be higher, but it's it did sneak into the top ten, but only on number nine. Mm. Um, Everdell is this sort of lovely, cutesy woodland critters building a happy-go-lucky town in the woods and uh, it's the total opposite of Root where no one is brutally murdered. <laughs> uh, it's great. It's it's a very tight worker placement game. So it's Root before the apocalypse. It's yeah. Root, yeah, pri- prior to the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, um, this didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some very clever mechanics with a paired-up critter and building sort of mechanic for your tableau yeah, that's really cool. and um, I've picked up a bunch of the expansions for it and have a great time every time we play it it's a fantastic design actually I mean not only the production which is phenomenal but it's a wonderful blend of those two mechanisms I mean I love it when designers can smash two mechanisms together and make it so seamless Yeah, and it's a be- beautiful tableau builder I mean you're thinking you've only got two or three workers but that's yeah, not that's not yeah. really the bulk of the game. You've got a whole bunch of cards that you can pick to place down. So yeah, it plays like a few other worker placement games where yeah. the the workers don't necessarily take over as the main mechanic of the game. They yeah. are they are an action economy mechanic. Yeah, they facilitate the rest of Absolutely. the action. Absolutely, yeah, I love it. It's it's really good. Uh, for reference, Wingspan was number nineteen on mine, and Everdell was number. Where were we, Everdell? 25. Yeah, 15 and 16, respectively. Yeah, yeah, very good. Okay. Silent. Looping back to Ant's choice of Legendary Alien Edition, my first big box game, and in living memory, my introduction to modern board gaming with yourself, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Nemesis. Oh, nice. It's a cracker as well. Epitomizing the absolute terror that would come from being in a messed up ship floating in space, and there's something in the corridors. The tension that it allows to build up throughout the game and the cinematic feel that the game compels you to feel combined with that potential traitor in your midst are they sending you to mars is the ship <laughs> yeah. on is the ship going to be broken is that engine really fixed probably not wayne said it was yeah. is the android even on your side it no, is no they never asked so good it is a scary game to look at when you first come at it there's a lot involved in it oh yeah i think i know how it all works now mm. but every time the game is different every time the game is exciting and full of dread and oh it's so good and yeah terrifying it absolutely absolutely fantastic great mm. choice there also big shout out to some of the pieces 
being UV reactive because I really enjoyed that photo. So anyone out there listening <laughs> that's making game components, if you can have them UV reactive for photography reasons, <laughs> I'd really appreciate it. Uh, as you said, Simon, your, your first game is that famous gateway game, Nemesis, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everyone's so get them being sun-drugged, yeah, making yeah. UV reactive. Ne- next step <laughs> yeah. up from Cluedo, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's the one to play with your nan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In at my number nine, which surprised me, actually, it was Gia... Legends of a Drift System. Aha. Um, this one that we I got fairly recently, and then I sort of hammered and played like six times in the space of like four weeks, and uh, absolutely freaking loved it. I thought this was going to be in my top ten, and it actually it's it's down near number twenty. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Sort of I, down I, there a little I bit. really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's such a bloody good game. Mm. It's essentially um, dice rolly space sandbox madness. Sort of, you're a space captain with your own ship, and you're Travelling around, doing missions, doing pickup and delivery, trying not to get blown up by the police as you're, you know, carrying bounty from one planet to another. See, I thought it was a space taxi game. Tom seemed to think it was a space firework game. Yeah. Um, and you were just blowing up anything that came anywhere close to you, right? I, I just bought lots of guns. Yeah. Yeah, so it has... Why am I not surprised by this fact? <laughs> I, the first time we played, I managed to spend about 90% of the game on fire. On fire, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which is just the brilliant. only thing that wasn't on fire was your one engine. Which yes. And you still managed to move faster than I did. Yeah, yeah, even even crippled, I was going faster than everyone else. <laughs> I guess you were very streamlined because the rest of your ship had fallen off. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Very quick yeah. when you have... It's... No uh, seats. <laughs> <laughs> Great game. I've only had the dead weight. I've only been able to play that one, so maybe we can all get gang together and. Yeah, and you guys don't need to play it. So you yeah, guys would love it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cracker. It's, yeah, it it's really is. Dice rolling nonsense. It's brilliant. Moving swiftly into number eight. Okay, this one is the first one on the list that really shocked me as to why the hell it's so damn low, and that is Scythe. Eight? Okay. I'm shocked that it's really, really low. But eight's eight, not low in the top ten it, games I mean, of your favourite games ever, so exactly. it's pretty good. I, at this point, I've played hundreds of games, so it's still very, very good and well worthy of being in the top ten, but the fact that it's number eight, eh, it's not up to me. Interesting, interesting. You know, for this one, I just I, what isn't great about it? The game is epic. It's yeah. huge. The quality of the components is amazing. It's fun to play. There's multiple ways to win. Not the easiest game to teach, but once you've sort of gone run someone through the first two turns, they're off. They're, they're, yeah, that's they're, and, right. And they're going to yeah. beat you. Hundred percent. Yeah. Because that always happens with me. I teach people so well that they just constantly. <laughs> it's the curse of the games teacher. I've I've been there, dude. Yeah. Spend all the time answering questions and teaching people other other people how to play, and then forget how to do it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this, this choice would really benefit you, new player. It will also screw me. Can I tell them to not do it? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the yeah. issue. Exactly. <laughs> and just the the other added bonus as well is like the reverse side of that board. They know what players want, so they put the double size board even on the back board. so that you can make it even bigger. It's just. It's a table hog as it is. The fact that you could double everything, amazing. St- Stonemeyer again, I believe. Yeah, Stonemeyer. And yeah, spot on. Had to be number eight. Amazing game. So my number eight is possibly the most expensive game I own, and straight from Canada, it's Crokinole. Crokinole. Yes, yeah. the world famous. The world famous. Simple, that damn simple game. flicking the disc into a hole, and that's it, pretty much, really. <laughs> but how addictive and stupidly addictive it is. I've brought it around to the club a couple of times where we've done a little tournament and people have literally sat around us watching what is this simple, just a flick of a disc onto a board. Yep. It's simply essentially darts in a way. 
if you think about it, with, with, with pucks. Yeah, pretty much. That's probably the best. It's kind way of like that, a yeah. little bit of shuffleboard, that sort of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to a degree. It's um, just so addictive. Yeah, it, it, and again, it's just simply flicking here. If you land on a certain zone, you get certain points there. Most have the. The only problem is it's so expensive. Uh, but if you ever want to fork out a lot of money for a board game, I highly recommend it because even my dad wants me to you know come over and play it all the time doesn't want to see me he just wants to play crocodile well this is a true classic of i mean we, we're it's calling a it a board game. game it's i mean it is it has a physical yeah. but it's a solid wood high quality piece of manufacturing yeah. it's not a fold-out cardboard thing this is a, a piece of furniture effectively yeah. that you play a game on so it's Almost like a small billiards table. Yeah, to, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's it's well worth it. One I've yet to play. I've played similar kind of dexterity Dude, honestly, game. You won't but... look back as soon as you play it. You oh, I, I look it forward time. to the invite. So yeah. So yeah, that's my number eight. Excellent, fantastic. Uh, I'm going to continue the same theme. So I really like tableau builders, and this, this one, this one is uh, probably the oldest I own, and one of the first that I bought. Uh, Race for the Galaxy. Okay. Uh, Race for the Galaxy, I think, has been around since early 2000s. It's quite a long time now. Um, it's been around to uh, long enough to accumulate loads and loads and loads of expansions. It's a very chunky, highly strategic tableau builder. Uh, and it is a pain in the ass to teach because it's got a million different symbols. And if you try and integrate all the expansions, it gets even worse. Mm-hmm. But if you know what you're doing with it, it's it's really, really good. It's a very, very clever game this is one i don't really know anything about so mm. we'll have to find a weekend it sounds like to work yeah it out. it's um, it, the rounds actually play in surprisingly only about 30 minutes okay but it actually encourages you to play multiple rounds and it even encourages you to introduce different rules in between rounds from the various different expansions to keep things fresh you've got this kind of simultaneous action selection phase thing right yes yeah, and then you all resolve the actions accordingly. So Yeah, you sort of select phases from the round that will happen for that round, yeah. and everyone selects blind. The person who selects a given phase gets a, 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 an improved an extra, action. An improved version of it. That's and then right. everyone else yeah. gets to enact a base action for that do you know phase. What? I do like games that do that. Uh, Rising Something, another one where everyone gets to do a it's, thing. It's clever. Whoever mm. picks it gets mm. a little bonus extra thing because you it, picked mm. the thing. And it means yeah. that you have to read what other people are doing. The interaction in the game is to read what other people are doing and, and see or guess whether they're going to enact one of the phases. Mm. Otherwise, it just doesn't happen and you might miss out on something you need. We're still in space. We're still in space. <laughs> We're still fighting aliens. <laughs> Good. But the odds are slightly more in our favour now because we've got some fuck-off huge guns. We are in Project Elite. Yeah. Two nice. minutes of manic dice action nice. rolling, panic That's... mode, full bore. Oh, my God. <laughs> Project Elite is amazing. Sniper lasers, rocket launchers. Blow the shit out of everything you can think of and then get back to the base without being hounded down by the uh, skanky coloured dogs and I, the blasters and everything else. I did sort of feel off. that uh, it was not necessarily a great game to introduce uh, Nick to the group with because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were screaming at him for two minutes at a time and I wasn't sure if he was ever going to come back afterwards. Yeah, it just, it's we just fine. did two minutes of yelling. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, you guys have played this one. Yeah, you've got Project Lee now believe yeah and the expansion which i still haven't played yet no we, we were we needed to get a date in for that as well yeah. Yeah, really yeah, this yeah. game is manic you get a it is adrenaline right it's one, adrenaline of, one of at least a couple Definitely. of different layouts and then a mission to achieve 
all the while the board being Space Invader style flooded with more and more alien troops who move in more and more erratic fashion. The big bad ugly bosses come out in like Starship Troopers like and just mess your world up. So you get to a point you think, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Oh Jesus, there's now twenty five <laughs> yeah. new crews on the yeah, board. Yeah, yeah. And and the boss. Yeah. And the yeah. bosses. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh but oh my god, it's good fun. This this is one of those games you're like, Yeah, I'll play that. Pump cent. You got it? I'll play it. And it's done so quickly yeah. as well. Yeah, you can play that yeah. in an hour. Yeah, it's yeah. that, yeah. yeah. Just just don't play it in a public place. <laughs> yes. Mm, I don't <laughs> know. Thrown out of any Especially if your dice throws under the table. <laughs> No. Phenomenal game. That's a great choice. My number eight. You want to saddle up, cowboy? Because <gasps> we're diving in to the world of Western legends Please. at number nice. eight for me, which um, I think is just a wonderful design. I mean, it's about as sandboxy as sandbox games get. You are entirely free to generate your your legendary points, your victory points, to become the most famous cowboy in the Wild West by doing whatever you want, be it, you know, Paying for some hose education, or uh, <laughs> I was for that. Yeah, yeah. Why, why is that the first one on the exactly. list? Well, it's the, why. Why hey. else would you play it? Why else would you play it? Why else you want I, to? Do I it? played it to sucker punch Wayne at the end of the game twice <laughs> and steal my tomahawk or something. Like that. Uh, there was yeah. Oh, or you can go and rustle cattle, or if you're a good guy, you can go and herd that cattle, or you can just have a showdown in the middle of the street with your opposing player. Mm. Who's going to be... Yeah, let's, let's meet at dawn and who's the number one gunslinger in the West. We could just play poker for the entire game. You could just the play poker for the entire game. The options in that game are unreal. Yeah, what you do is it's just absolutely f- great. It's a phenomenal design. You can do what you like and it's a brilliant example of how to do a sandbox game with an amazing engine in the form of those poker cards which are like sort of three-way use for combat, mm. for activities and abilities and also just... Poker. To play poker. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant game. Well worth a play. It's my number eight. Okay, so number seven for me has already been on someone else's list. Ah, oh, um, we have a first crossover. We of the, have the first, first crossover. One. I'm going for Nemesis. Oh, yeah. crossover um, with Simon. Yeah. So fantastic. Mimic everything that uh, that Simon said. The reason I particularly love the game, as you have pointed out on your podcast quite a few times, I like Carnage. And being a traitor. <laughs> Both of which this game actively encourages. Oh, yes, it does. So, yeah. of course, it was going to be in my top 10. Just even without the theme, the game is amazing. The theme is amazing. It's even better than the actual IP that it's ripping off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shamelessly ripping off. Shamelessly ripping off. And yet, there are games with that IP that suck. Yeah. Nemesis does it spot on. I cannot wait to play Lockdown and. Now that I know that, so out. You have it. So uh, Wayne did it, and he already played it. So yeah. yeah exactly. so remember, yeah, the when, remember the beginning when Ant said, "Oh, I'm the noob." There's at least three games we've covered so far that we're sat there going, "Yeah, and we need to play that game that you own." So <laughs> I was on the Kickstarter hold for like three years for that, though. So. <laughs> yeah, and also just a nod to Nemesis, or oh, Nemesis, Nemesis's Nemesis. <laughs> amazing Nemesis. production. <laughs> it's a game that is full of weird small rules to replicate so many different things like crafting flamethrowers which feel completely superfluous and unnecessary but also completely fucking awesome so yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, just everything cool. about the game is awesome so yeah nice uh, number seven my number seven so number eight was in Canada we're now going to go to Egypt and we're going to play 
and Gods of Egypt. Great. Uh-huh. Right. Absolutely right. love it. When you introduced me to the trilogy a couple of years ago, I've not looked back on them. They're amazing games, both those two. But when you said that you had Ankh, the third, the, the third and final part of the trilogy, I was so hyped for it. I was in the yeah. car straight over and it didn't hold back. It is my favourite out of the trilogy now. And uh, I used to love Blood Rage quite a bit. I know you, you was a fan of Rising yeah. Sun. I quite like Blood Rage for a bit. Mm. But then when Ankh came, I was like, they no. They just get better this. and better. Absolutely. Eric Lang knocked out of the park with this yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, with all the gods, the expansions, everything. It's I, I can't recommend it enough. It's such a fantastic design. I yeah. mean, the card combat in that game is what really makes it yeah. sick. Yeah. It's very, very clever. Yeah. It's super Just thinky. Sitting on Plague of Insects is the thing I remember. Yeah, I've not played right. it for a while. But, but you still remember that horrible yeah, move. absolutely. Having these giant-ass sculptures looming over the board and going, I've only got two minis there and he's got a giant-ass god with yeah. a plateau like, underneath the, him. The, I love the mechanic of the limited turns and how you make your turn and stuff. It's just such a great game design and I just... I was worried it wasn't going to be as good as the other two, but mm. like I said, it's it's just the best. Yeah. I, I really do love that game. It's my favourite, the three now as well. Yeah, I think I when you fabulous. get to that scale, there is a degree of, can this possibly hold up to I keep trying to get Jason before. to play it. Come on, Jason, please give it a go. Oh, you, guys, oh, you would love that game, Jason. Are you kidding me? Number seven, another hybrid game, this time hand building and uh, worker placement. Uh, June Imperium. June Imperium. Nice. What yeah. a cracking game as well. So this is another game like Everdell where the worker placement element of the game essentially fuels action economy. And the action economy is surprisingly tight and Very limited. Lean. And it yeah. makes the the rest of the game, the hand building, the sort of area control elements of the game, much, much more of a thinky puzzle mm-hmm. as a result. It's got some things from other games that I really like, uh, multi-purpose cards, similar sort of mechanics to clank with your uh, hand uh, building and your uh, or your deck building and your, your hand mm-hmm. management. And it's we've got it to the table a few times and every time we've played it, it's been a very different experience and a different strategy to try each time. There's a surprising range of ways to play the game. There's a massive amount of depth in that game. I think it's a wonderful game. Tom, would you consider it more a deck builder or a worker placement? I know it's a combo of the two. There's definitely more deck building. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the worker placement limits your actions Mm. uh, and ties into the hand management. What it does is it makes... Is it gives you serious decisions to make absolutely so that worker placement just really makes you think heavily about those cards in your hand and and in fact I would probably say it's more of a hand management game than a deck building Mm. game yeah great shout I've got a bit of a smaller game than the previous two on my number seven uh, which is Brew Brew is fabulous it's a it's a it has dice in it but it's not a dice game it's you're kind of placing the dice as workers it's, in a sense, but each has its own yeah. dice placement. Dice drafting and placement, right? Yeah, it, it's a, a unique combat. It's not a huge game in terms of components, a fairly small layout, um, but there's so much you can do. You have this limited number of dice and actions that you can get with the dice, each one providing you a different power depending on what face is available what spaces are available and who's got the fire ready to burn down what yeah, you've created so burn far. burn down the fucking forest. Or you can, as we've discussed in our main episode, just brew potions incessantly, Wayne. <laughs> I'm still, I still think you were somehow sharking that. I'm not brew, quite sure brew how. Brew potions to win. We had to look up what happened when you run out of potions in the game because <laughs> you were just hoarding them. Hey, but, I had a big old potion um, shop. Yeah, I, I, My it's, prices were the best. It's, got, it's one of those games that looks... 
like it can be simple and then you realize actually this is much more cutthroat than you realize you're trying so cutthroat ostensibly trying to either make potions or claim territory and then you realize how hard it is to actually hold on yeah. to any territory. The that, territory control yeah. is really mean. It's, I love it. I, <laughs> surprise, it's a surprisingly mean game. I felt like it, I was always missing something until I realized that's just the intention. And it's only if it someone... It looks so cute and cuddly, though. It well, is again, not, again, the, the artwork, really. much yeah. like Roots, just say, says, uh, uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it's attractive and draws you in and then goes, actually, yeah, we're going to kick your ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I really do. That's a fabulous game. Good shout. My number seven is, at first glance, probably the most boring-looking game on this list, but is actually probably the meanest game on my list, which is Smartphone Inc., uh-huh. which is absolutely well-deserving in my top ten games and absolutely would be the last game I'd pick up if I didn't know anything about it and I was in a board game shop. This game surprised me on so many levels. It has this most amazing sort of mechanism which i've never seen before in board games is not been replicated to any extent we've got these two tiles that you're maneuvering the tablet pieces tablet pieces to try and genius. make your business plan work and you're thinking oh what business plan that's a boring economy game what is that all about wayne actually no it's incredibly mean and wonderfully so when you the, are the moving in price yeah. point yeah the price point wars are so <laughs> so aggressive and yes. you're constantly trying to guess what other people are going to do and the business planning thing is is really unique it's super unique yeah and you've got the little technologies to research and make sure you're ahead of the competition Every time I've played that game, I've had a great time at multiple player counts, and I played mm. it most recently at five players, and at five players, that game sings. It's so good. It it's manages so, so to good. evoke, if not exactly represent, the genuine nature of that business, I think. A from cutthroat business world. Research mm. to price fixing to price gouging to all these yes. kind of things. Just going, all right, I'll sell cheap, but lots... You'll make three that cost the ground each. I'll, I'll move in on your market. Ch- and, yeah. Yeah. I'll, you. I'll, yeah, I'll sell yeah. to people before you can in your own home territory. Exactly. Screw you. Try harder next time. That's fabulous, fabulous. And then everyone game. goes to China. I don't know. <laughs> make them in China. <laughs> it happens. Good cheap phones. It's the biggest no, market. Cheap, cheap, cheap phones. Cheap shit phones. That's the way to win. Yeah. Number six. I completely agree with that. <laughs> Number six. Number six, I'm going to take us completely off topic. But from from where you were and go say my number six is smartphone ink. Oh, hey, yeah. number six. Good. So yes, again, mimic everything that you have just said about the game. It shocks me that it's on this list because I openly admit I'm not a huge fan of Euro games. It's an economy Euro. Yeah, it's in my top ten. Yeah, I like the theme. The board is bland as anything, but yeah. it's so fucking cool that yeah. it's that bland. I know it's ridiculously clinical. But it's exactly. very, it's a very brave design. It yeah. is like playing a board game in a dentist surgery you know <laughs> <laughs> and I love it I really do I, I really want to play the because I think they've now done a, like a, a two player condensed version there is well. a 2.1 or whatever it is there's an expansion yeah, you can get, yeah I really want to play that I really do want to play that and but yeah I think it's probably the best component quality on my list as well so do you know what that board is, double is something thickness else. Yeah. board yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. sets. anything double thickness is always did you play um, that with me yeah, well, no, yeah you, you did, introduced yeah. me to it yeah I think that's such, mm. such a good game and the fact that they've got those individual vacuum formed like 
player holder component yes. bits. Yeah. So everything that you've got is in this little box and you'll use I the box for the game as well. Yeah. We played it like items. three times before we figured out that there were actually little holders on the sides for the patents. Yeah, which is even yeah. Yeah. so oh, good. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I didn't know it. I played that game like a bunch of times before yeah. then. Yeah, fabulous choice. Great shout. Nice. Uh, number six. My number six was Tom's number seven. Uh, traveling to the world of Arrakis and Dune Imperium. Yeah. Oh, another yeah. crossover with Absolutely Tom. Absolutely friggin' love that game. I think this is going to happen quite a bit. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> love that game. I mean, what's not to like about it, especially for a, a, a Dune fan as myself. Yeah. I've even introduced this game to people that don't even know what Dune is and they friggin' love it as well. It's, it's just like, a, it's... It's just a bloody good board game. Absolutely. Yeah. That's I'm, why I wanted, I was intrigued to ask what you... What side of you you thought it was if a, yeah. a deck yeah. or whatnot? Yeah. That's um, really good to hear, actually, because I was curious when we did our we played episode on that how much the theme informed the enjoyment of the game, or whether the game itself, outside of an interest in June, would yeah. still speak to a good game. And mm. yeah. good mm-hmm. to hear that mm-hmm. it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had no doubt, really, but yeah, I mean, this this is one of those ones where I don't mean to put it out there. I thought it was one of the easiest June games to play. Okay. Um, which yes. is probably why it, it's... Oh, it's definitely a lot easier yeah. than some of the Dune games. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> and to introduce it to people, it was very much like, you know, a couple of rounds and they were just into it. Now it's a case of when can we do it again? When can we play it again? I want to be this different faction now. Yeah. And the fact that uh, I completely forgot that we pre-ordered the upgrades when it came to the beginning of the year. And I was like, when did that happen? You got the fancy one with all the yeah. soldiers. Yeah, 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 exactly. soldier minis I, I, so. I am desperate to get um, Rise of Ix, yes. which is coming to Europe, just, I think, at the end of this month. It should, so, oh God, I hope so. I've been waiting I'm, since October for that to come. Just, yeah, I, I, uh, when I think of expansions, that game, I'll just, I'd love to get an expansion for that game. I think it's a blinding choice. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, Doom Imperium. Very okay. nice. Uh, Tom. So we're going to move to uh, an extremely dense game. Small box, masses of content. Uh, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Gloomhaven, I've played a few times and it sunk way down the list because you can never get it to the table you can't get a group together that can stay together for more than you know 10 sessions whatever it's going to be it's one i'm still dying to play as well uh, it's, yeah, me it's, too, man. it's an unnecessary amount of content gloomhaven and is yeah jaws of the lion is everything that is great about the engine of gloomhaven without outstaying its welcome for 40 quid, I think. For 40 quid, there is a huge amount in a relatively small box for a great price point. It still has all of the best bits of Gloomhaven. It is Gloomhaven, it essentially. It is yeah. Gloomhaven. Yeah. It just it doesn't go price. on for yeah. as long. Yeah, yeah exactly. It is absolutely brilliant. I, I love a really, really thinky puzzle, and it's a group thinky puzzle. It's not a dungeon crawler game. It's a puzzle. It and is a puzzle, yeah. I really, really like strategic games like that. That's a cracking choice, yeah. Jaws of the Lion. I mean, we played it... Even if you think, oh, well, is that enough content? Yes, it is. I mean, we played it continuously for three months before we had to take a break, and we got maybe halfway through. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> Half, halfway through the campaign, yeah. There is a huge amount of content in that box, and by the end of it, you, you probably won't want any, unless you're desperate for more Gloomhaven of that you know, design and that card combat. That's probably going to be enough for you, isn't mm. it? So, yeah. yeah, cracking choice. What a day. What a lovely day. There we go. <laughs> Thunder Road may be having a Kickstarter right now, but yeah. Wasteland Express Delivery Service is. is the game of Mad Max for me. <laughs> Holy shit. The Wasteland is yours to pillage, destroy and invade however you see fit. Get your 
I nearly said groceries, resources, <laughs> groceries. however you desire. <laughs> you can buy them, you can steal them, you can trade yeah. them. You can go and invade the enclaves and smash the eyeless to pieces. How are they going to fight? They can't see you, right? Yeah, exactly. I love that. Load up on missile launchers, strap a human shield to the front of your van and go careening into the nearest pit stop. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean... Outside of the algorithm putting it where it has a number six, this game would easily be, if I was sat trying to work it out, yeah. easily contend for number one based on the, I see the box and I grin like yeah. a fucking idiot. The <laughs> artwork in so that good. game, it's yeah. like a blend between like everything that's great about Borderlands, Mad Max, Fallout. Yeah. It's wonderful. And it's ostensibly a pick up and deliver game, yeah. right? So you're yeah. just doing pick up and deliver jobs. But the fact that it's in the post apocalyptic wasteland and there's raiders it's a that really are going to come and harass you. It's an insane courier game. Yeah, exactly. An insane courier game with the most amazing theme, with wonderful design, and production value that was probably ahead of its time. At, in terms yeah, of, it's got the game trace. It's got the game trace. It's got that sort of you know, Kickstarter high quality production. In Just the retail version. In the retail version. The retail yeah, version exactly. is, you get a, is super high quality. A bang yeah. for your buck, I'd say, out of that. It's easy to pick up, but there's always so much gameplay in it. I just wish there was an expansion for that game, but there isn't. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed they haven't done more. I know there's I know. a few little card add-ons that were like Expo exclusive and so on, but, but yeah, no full-on expansion, which is baffling. But Cracking choice there. Uh, my number six is the biggest game on this list. It is the biggest game on anyone's dun, list. Dun, dun, it is the biggest game here it is. ever made. <laughs> here it is. It's Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. The beast of Bodmin that, that is this game. It is humongous. It is the everything that you think about when you think about the quintessential nerdy board game. It's a sci-fi, two tables width, space epic where you are not only manoeuvring your um, little fleet on the table and doing dice combat and having action cards and all of that, you're also negotiating above the table and doing political ploys and political plays to try and worm your way into first place if you can. It is and balmy. God, it is balmy. And good Lord, if you do get in the lead, pray to all that is holy that you stay there because everyone will turn their guns on you and all of your alliances <laughs> that you've built through the game if you sit, suddenly paper thin. If you sit on the king planet and do nothing but churn out fighters and battleships for <laughs> three rounds, you're painting your own target. That you got Either of you guys played this? Our, our esteemed no, not guests? Twilight Imperium. I think um, you'll get a kick out of it. I, a, I would love to play it's it. It's a huge game. I've only played it the once. It's the one I mentioned at the top of the uh, talk that I haven't got on my list anywhere. I'd be hard pressed to know where I'd place it at the moment. It's a lot to take in, a hell of a lot to take in. But once you get a feel for it, I think you get a huge kick out of it. Jason, I think as it's well. A, it's the, less of a game, it's more of an event. Yeah. The depth of the game is unrivaled. Yeah. Uh, and for the amount of fuckery involved, Jason, I think you'll love it. Let's oh. <laughs> <laughs> call bullshittery. Absolutely. That's my number six, Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. So, Jason. Okay, number five. I think this is going to clash on at least one of the person's list, but I could be wrong. It is probably the most stunning game I think I've ever played. And okay. I love it because it is full of Celtic mythology strategy. I know this Ooh. game. It is Inesh. 
It is. Absolutely love this game. Full of douchebaggery. It's <laughs> brilliant. It screams me. <laughs> it screams me. <laughs> I like to Would think you like of this to come is... to my party. Okay, I'll stab you in the back while you're here. There we go. <laughs> this is the thinking man's blood rage. Yeah. I think. Yeah. The, yeah. the action drafting in Innis is really unique. Yeah. It's spot on. And, and it, so you're always on. drawing from the same pool of cards yep. every round. You know what you everyone's just got. you need to know what... Yeah, you need to try and work out who's taking what yep. so that you can predict what people are doing. Especially when you Super start clever. getting to know the group because it's like, well, I know he's going to want this down. Yeah. Card, so always take taking the fucking druid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's all like... I, I don't condone hate drafting, but God damn it, I love hate drafting. Well, this game is made of hate drafting. <laughs> it's, it's oh, so yeah, good. yeah, yeah. This, is, this is the game to do it. Yeah. If Bard's available, I'll always take Bard. Give me, oh, the, uh, give, oh, give yeah. me them epic tales. Yeah. Those epic tale cards and the artwork in this game is staggeringly yeah. good. I mean... Yeah. It, 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 this almost made my list. This is number eleven for me. Oh, this is literally just on the outside. And I'm as I surprised said, it didn't make it into your top ten. Actually. I'll be honest with you. It's, I'm very shocked. Me too. But like I said, anything when I go through the rest of my top ten, you'll be like, "That's a cracking top ten. Yeah. And and if I tell you my top twenty, you could mix those up, right? It's yeah. they're all yeah. great. And Inish just missed out by virtue of the algorithm. And and I mean, just one final thing is like the board. Uh, those, those. Oh, it's amazing! I don't yeah. even know how you use it. the puzzle piece board, but not without looking like a puzzle. It shouldn't tessellate. It Every time I look at it, I'm like does. they shouldn't fit together. But yeah. it does, and it just—it's amazing. It draws people to the table. Absolutely fucking amazing. Good shout. Nice. Uh, so my number five is the clash with Jason, and that's Scythe. Oh, hey. another cra- oh, cra- crash. Another, another clash. Another, one. <laughs> uh, another one where, again, I avoided this for years because, again, it looked intimidating with all the pieces and all the player boards and whatnot. But again, when you introduced this to me and I fell in love with it as soon as I knew what I was doing, I practically own every expansion yeah. to it now, apart from the campaign. I even have the legendary box for no yeah. reason. It's just to hold all <laughs> just the stuff in. It. It's yeah. just there. Um, but yeah, it's I, I, such a surprisingly elegant design. Absolutely. Considering how complicated yeah, it looks. It just, it, yeah. Yeah. Again, and myself teaching other people as well. It's just, again, it's one of those games that just looks so, oh, do I give this a go or not? And, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's it's a disguise. It's so easy and so fun to play. The thing with and Scythe. I can't deny it. Oh, no, it's a wonderful game. It's an amazing choice. The thing with Scythe is it's not what it looks like, right? It mm. looks like a scary, dice rolly war game yeah but it's really not it's a cold war game if anything mm. and an economy euro yeah mm. absolutely right it's a fantastic action selection I think it's probably my first euro game. i played as well so again yeah, it's another it's, game it's a lot more about logistics yeah than, than war and just yeah mm-hmm. strategic maneuvering mm-hmm. just wonderful design cracking yeah. choice Ant. Yeah, absolutely all right uh what are we on six Number five. five. Number We're five. halfway okay. through. Number five. Cheap shit phones. Yay! <laughs> uh, Three-way crossover. Smartphone ink. I love smartphone ink. It's so mean and it's great. <laughs> when you when you fuck someone out of their business plan for like a round, round three or round four, they're out. They're out of the fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally uh, tank someone's plans. That's, just, it. Yeah. that's it. That's all I got to say. That's that's it. It. I'm yeah. winning. I'm winning now. No, I think it's a cracking choice. The fact that it's on three of our lists, um, it's just an amazing design. I mean, what else can I say about it? It's so unique, right? There's not really an experience like smartphone ink. And when you look at that box. It just was. What do you say the guy looks like? 
I mean, it's Richard Osman. Richard Osman. Richard Osman looking at an iPad on the front. Yeah. It's just like, I, I what did, is this game? I did tag Mr. Osman on Instagram, but he didn't. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he, he's too embarrassed that they used his photo and didn't credit him. He runs the like. House of Games. I really want him to at least know that there's a game out there like this. Yeah, absolutely cracking choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, smartphone got to 18 on my list. Uh, interesting. Um, we are, yet again, heading back to Arrakis. June Imperium is my number Excellent. five. Yes! The Spice must flow. Um, is that a three-way crossover, I, I think? I think it is yes. so far. Yeah, third, yeah. third, yeah, it was a seven, a six, and now it is my number five. Oh, it's just... Oh. I mean, I said as much in the episode, gloriously designed in its look, and then that, as you said, Tom, the multi-use cards where it's your spending power in various ways and it has an action on it it has a background effect you choose when and where to play it or keep in hand for other periods really sharp worker placement limited actions so many things about it just speak to the quality of it that combat is incredibly mean as well because once you start committing to that if someone starts maybe swinging in with that big Worker placement action that will get them eight or eight troops or whatever it is, and then they've got those uh, intrigue cards that. I was literally also, about to say, yeah. as soon as yeah, someone yeah. pulls out an intrigue, it's like, oh, for God's sake! Yeah, we had <laughs> some, we had some absolutely gigantic battles in oh the last my game gosh. we played. Phenomenal battles! Mm. Yeah, I ended up with all that twenty-four power. Got, got, to, got to the end of the power track, I think, and then at one flipped point. the thing yeah. over and just yeah, absolutely magic design. Uh, so so many ways to approach it. You can. Yeah, you can be the the background shenanigans guys. You can be the brute force. You can use powers. You can use pure resources. Yeah. So much to explore. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful game. Uh, my number five uh, is uh, the first of our four-way crossovers, which is June Imperium. Hey! hey! <laughs> come on, Jason. So, so, come on, Jason, you're so number one. Same come on, position as, numbers, uh, as Simon, yeah? The same position as Simon. So in at June Imperium... Um, in at number five, sorry. And yeah, just mirroring everything you guys say. It's such a wonderful design. They've knocked it out of the park. I mean, I've not bought anything by these these publishers or designers before. I've not heard of them. And uh, all I heard was good stuff about this mm. game. And I thought, well, I'm going to take the plunge. It can't it be It could bad. have been a game that was just a cheap cash grab it could with have been. the release the of the That's film. the thing. We all uh, went to see the yeah. movie, didn't we? And yes. I think um, for all of us here who saw it, loved it. Yeah, and for me, absolutely. it's just an opportunity to dive back into that version of the world. I know there's obviously the original book and then whatever else that followed, yeah. but there are like seven books, I think. Um, but yeah, it it, uh, it just jumps into that version of this, it. Yeah, it really does. So well, and it's a game that I feel like I've only barely touched in terms of its strategic and tactical potential. Mm. I mean, I haven't even I haven't seen every card or combination of cards. Right, there's a Fuck ton of cards in that there's, game. Like when you, when you pull off factions? a satisfying combo, there, there's yeah. loads of different options. The potential for combos is yeah. amazing in that game, and also you've got that um, sort of jeopardy between: Do I play this now for the action or the worker placement? Do I keep it for the reveal phase where I'm going to need whatever the reveal effect is, either you know, mm. extra fighting power or extra you know, buying power to buy that sweet card in, in the uh, market row? Wonderful game, full of really hard decisions and you know, deadly combat. Okay, so number four for me is my last backstabbing douchebaggery in game. Surely not. Surely not. On my list. And it has appeared on 
Simon's list, and that is Root. Hey. Root. Root. Good is shout. Nice and high up yeah, there. Yeah, I was expecting yeah, this one up. On really, yours. really good game. Love the artwork. Stunningly nice artwork. I love the asymmetric play of this game. Once you've taught everyone and everyone knows what they're doing, it's just just backstabbing off the backstabbing and <laughs> woodland terrorists blowing up villages yeah. and shifty looking cats trying to tear down the woodland. Absolutely. I, I think the most fun I've had playing it was as the beavers. The beavers? Mm. Yeah, the beavers. Yes. They were great fun. I had like a huge like a lead early thing, right? in the game just selling everyone shit and then everyone realised I was like 10 points ahead yeah. and just sabotaged me. Just unbelievable. Great fun. Yeah, absolutely love Root. Had to be in my top five. So yeah, um, my number four, Root. Fantastic game. Good choice, sir. Uh, my number four is possibly the best £15 I've ever spent. Okay. And is the game that introduced me to social deduction games, and that is Avalon. Okay. Absolutely friggin' love Avalon. Do you know what? I've got the resistance similar, but yeah, yeah please yeah, carry it's on. pretty much the same thing, but the science fiction version, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's a game that, it, it again, like I said, it's introduced me to that genre, and it's a game where we always play it regardless. No matter what games like we do, how long we've been there for, someone's always asking for it. Pop it out, let's have a quick game. It's a game where. It, you know, it's anyone's bluff, isn't it? And mm. that's why I just love the simplicity that's of it. It's a great sort of like palate cleanser game in between other games. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I, I can't deny it. It's such a great game and mm. it has to be in the top five regardless. I can't really say more about it because I don't want to spoil it for people. Go out and buy it. £15. Avalon. Give it a go. It is a... Uh, the quintessential social deduction game. Yeah, it's the one. It's the one that introduced me to the genre. I bought that to Prague for a stag do, and we ended up playing it for nice. hours, hours <laughs> on end. Nice. And it was freaking awesome. <laughs> so can't, can't pick that going down too well in Vegas. So let's not go out. Let's play this. Yeah, we I, just, I would do that any day. No, we took it to the pubs, and we're playing it in the pubs like six, oh, okay. six of us. It was freaking awesome. Number four is Spirit Island. Okay, oh, that's one I guessed right so for you. Yeah. Spirit Island is a co-op game that is so incredibly clever in the puzzle and the mm. engine that that operates the game. It, it's essentially a tableau builder. You're building up uh, cards. You get a little bit of element of deck building to the way that you develop your spirits. But you are co-op attempting to, in a sort of break from normal, uh, you are attempting to repel colonial in, in, invaders, invaders kind of, yeah. who are trying to settle on your island mm. uh, using uh, spirit powers because you're a volcano or a lightning bird or a representation of the sea or something crazy like that. Or the epitome like of that. fear. Like, so yeah, you are just nice. fear. <laughs> you are fear itself. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. so good. There's loads of different spirits. There's a couple of different expansions for it that add various extra mechanics and events and all sorts of other stuff. And the, the guts of the game and the way that it works is so clever once you get to grips with it because there's too much for you to do to keep track of everything all at the mm. all at once it's really really clever it's very difficult to teach and play at the same time yeah i bet it mm. is complicated i remember it being very keenly balanced given that you are essentially playing as gods that y yeah, you don't actually have very, that very much clever. of a sway over very, very direct game. actions yep it's a blinder. Spirit yeah, Island. That's, that's my number four. Number four for me is a new game to our group. Okay. Uh, Interesting. And it's, I believe, your latest one. Uh, okay. That is the oh, really? 
absolute piratical nonsense of Forgotten Waters. Wow, that's jumped right up there very quickly. I got an absolute kick out of this game. I think we had so much fun on that playthrough that we did. I think I would have rated it higher had we had time to play it more than once because I want to see what the replayability is like. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I, I think on our main episode the way we talked about it i think we discussed how much replayability there should be in it mm. uh, and on that basis and also kind of largely ignoring that and just going with the sheer enjoyment factor it was, well, it of was course it was oh, wonderful um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was wonderful not sure our guests have uh, played this one it's essentially a choose your own adventure co-op type game with mm. some worker placement it's an absolute blast to play. I mean, picture a silly thing that you've seen in vaguely in the pirate world, add in a touch of Red Dwarf style comic humour and a whole bunch of cultural references and then just it's um, go off on a peg leg. It's, it, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's Monkey Island. It's Monkey Island. Yeah. It's Pirates of the Caribbean on steroids. It is all of your... Every single possible pirate trope you can imagine. And the imagine. production is really, really good. It's it, great. It's got a fully voiced app. That reads out all of the entries. Okay, it's a, a it crossroads, a bit like yeah. Dead of Winter. You play okay, yeah, great yeah. game. So you, um, but yeah, rather than just the stern things to turn for the worst, this is then got. Oh hello, mate! Oh, what's going? On? Yeah, it's just <laughs> bloody great. That's yeah. a cracking choice, Simon. Yeah, that's that's Love a it. game that's that's on. It's been on my list for a little while that I really want to play. But the uh, yeah, the seven, the ideal seven player count has always put me off. No, oh, no, knowing you we, guys, we played with got four. It. Played with four. It'll um, play as equally well at four, yeah. five, and six. Yeah. So I did yeah. sort of say to uh, to James the other day that now I know you guys have got it. I would love for us to all actually yes. get together and do a full seven player game because I reckon that game. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be, up, I'd, I'd be yeah. up for a big one, but I'm, I'm, it would be complete bloody chaos. Yeah, yeah. I, I will brilliant. arrange it after this. My number four is. New to me and new to the list, but it's not actually new in terms of the games I've played before. My number four is Unfathomable, nice. which is <laughs> yes. which is actually and just thrown the horns in excitement. He's that happy. The horns have been thrown. It's actually a reskin of Battlestar Galactica, which I've played a few times in the past. But I actually, I mean, I liked Battlestar Galactica, but this is so so freaking good. It streamlines the rules of that. It's put it in the theme that I prefer, which is the sort of Lovecraft universe. And it's a wonderful, wonderful social deduction game, but it has some phenomenal um, mechanisms in there as well. You are on a ship trying to get it home to Boston, but obviously you've got the Lovecraftian terrors of the deep trying to drag you down. Yeah, this and, is in the Fantasy Flight Eldritch That's universe, right, right? Yeah. in their Arkham universe. One of you is tainted by the old one's touch, and you're trying to sink the ship, possibly more than one of you. Yeah. And, uh, don't show anyone your taint. Exactly. Don't never show them your taint. Exactly. <laughs> Especially not with you know with tentacles are involved. <laughs> but it's um, oh, it's, it's you're, yeah you're essentially trying to manage the resources of the ship, being you know souls, fuel, etc. Trying to get it home, all the while having crises every round, like you would have in Dead of Winter, for example, mm. and trying to deal with those uh, with skill checks, and um, obviously when you're tainted by the old ones, you're trying to tank those. Skill checks, and it's just a, a fabulous oh, experience. Oh no, yep. I failed again. Oh, what a shame! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very know. surprised how high on your list it is. I... Uh, me too. Mm. I mean, it jumped right up. I, mean, I, I freaking loved it. I mean, I, I played it and I went, "This is fucking awesome." I want to play again right now. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, yeah, it, it had to dive in there. So that was my number four, surprising, but deserved, unfathomable. <laughs> 
Top right. three, guys. Yeah, Top big, three. Oh, big numbers. Big numbers. Oh, so oh, so oh, these we... are the games that are actually good, right? Well, yeah. 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 These are the awesome ones. <laughs> <laughs> are we I'm joking, of course. These are all great. Are we going to have any crossovers in the top three? I think, I think there's a yes. least... Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, definitely. I'm, I'm still waiting for that five-way crossover, which hasn't happened yet. Nice. So. Nice. We'll see. Let's go. I don't think there's going to be any of mine crossing over with anyone, uh, but oh, we will see. Probably not. So this one is sort of a crossover, but not really a crossover. From one that was on Ant's list earlier, he mentioned Ooh. the alien. Uh, is it legendary? It is legendary. Yes. Yeah, yes. Absolutely love this game, but it is the granddaddy of legendary, which is of course the original Marvel version. Yeah. Um, ten years old now, man. That's ten amazing, years. isn't it? That's amazing. Ten years, and that's one of the things that I love about it. It's ten years old, yet they're still supporting it, releasing new expansions for it. I think about four. Well, I didn't realise they were still supporting. They are. Wow. Still releasing content. Wow. This year. There are um, thousands and thousands of cards for this game. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it as well. yeah, I think wow. last last count, I've got something like 7,000 cards for this game at this point. <laughs> and wow. I'm not up to date with with all the expansions. He showed so. me his suitcase, right? It was literally the scene from Pulp Fiction when he opens up Ooh. and there's a light coming <laughs> out of it. That was the collection, guys. That's no, not, I'm not kidding you. That's not you saying cards, cards there, right? I'm going to show my ignorance. So I know many. All in order, oh, no, all filed up. Unique. They're all unique. 7,000 unique all cards. All unique cards, yes. That's insane. Because they're all different character cards, all different villains, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you can like, mix and match stuff together to exactly. make your game. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's a cracking choice, mate. It's a it wonderful really deck builder. It really is. It's a great deck building game. So much replayability. Not super complex it. either. So it's a good and one. really easy. Yeah, yeah. And a great co-op game. Number three for me, Legendary the Marvel deck building game. Perfect. Uh, my number three has already been mentioned twice, so let's ah. bring it out, and it's Nemesis. Three-way crossover yeah. for Three-way Nemesis, crossover. very nice. Uh, everyone who knows me, again, I, it's right up my alley. The theme of it alone is pretty much why I'm sold on this game. Um, the fact that it's always, like Simon already mentioned, uh, it's, it's such a struggle to, you know, just get stay alive, regardless of do your... <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 As well as do your mission and, you know, uh, carry on with the rest of the game. I, I absolutely love this, and... I've, I can't really go into much what's already been said by Jason and Simon. It's it's it, always going to be. I think this game's always going to be in my top five. You know. Yeah, it's a blinder as and well. And thank you for introducing it to me, by the way. Ah, anytime, anytime, dude. Okay. Oh, and Unfathomable was my number twelve. Oh, is that number twelve? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, okay. Close. I've got a crossover now. So number three uh-huh. is Ank. Ah, yeah, crossover nice. with Ank. Very Which nice. I really, really enjoyed Ank. We played it a whole bunch of times, more or less back to back when Wayne got it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, I've played most of the gods, I think, that you had access to. I think you've got six or seven. Yes. Like most of them yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. And there's loads of different ways of playing it. The most enjoyable way of playing it has been just sort of mercilessly slaughtering my own people <laughs> and then and then threatening people vaguely with plagues. Oh, yeah. Great fun. It's it's really really good and trying out different different strategies with the different gods yeah. has been really really good fun and and I know a lot of people have slated the mechanic um, but it worked really well for us in our group Absolutely. with the the uh, the sort of catch up mechanic combination of the last two players joining forces uh, partway oh, through the game that, yeah. yes. the merge. A lot of people apparently don't like it, but it worked really, really well it's for us. And it's well. I'll be honest, yeah. it made, made. I wasn't sure of it first. It's made yeah. for a very close game mm. in almost every single game we've played. I've only had 
two tries at this, I think, and never saw a problem with that combo at the end. Because that's I can see the... one personality overwhelming another if you don't have the right players. Yeah, and someone then is sort of just sitting back and not really doing anything. That just speaks to the players, not the game. But for yeah, sure. I mean, we got to the point where you know you see two players who are at the back. And they know they're at the back and they start talking tactics about who they want to make sure is in the lead to be the, mm. you know, the bottom of the top. Yeah, so to it's speak. about <laughs> identifying that the merge is going to happen and then manoeuvring accordingly to, to make advantage, make the of, most take of, advantage of the merge. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. can win together, make the most of it. Mm. Exactly that. Great shout. Now, I'm not allowed. Well, I, I decided for myself, I can't put Dungeons and Dragons as a game <laughs> in a top 10 board game discussion. <laughs> so I've got the next best thing. And I couldn't not put Lords of Waterdeep in. It's yeah. a classic as well at this point. It's a wonderful choice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily, in comparison to some of the other games we've talked about, say that this is the best combination of worker placement, resource management, and overall you know, gamesmanship. But it just grabbed my attention. Undoubtedly because of that D&D connection, I think. The it, theme is great, yeah. It, it tipped mm. it in my favour. But it's it's so tightly designed. Again, it's very limited action. It's two or three... Uh, workers per round it's got those intrigue cards which allow you to totally cock about at the end of the round i do love a game gives you an extra action uh, if you play one of those down at the harbor you've got hidden missions you've got mandatory quests you can basically force your other uh, opponents to work on something they're not otherwise going for otherwise they just can't complete the quests and having that option of lots of quick easy goals or aiming for that massive like 25 point VP card at the end. It's, it's just really finely balanced. And I, I super enjoy it and I've not been able to play it anywhere near enough. So Can we, people that aren't fluent with D&D get into this game? Yeah, it really has only a, a light touch to the actual gameplay. You don't need to have any inf- uh, background information. Yeah, it doesn't heavily lean on the theme um, from my recollection at all. Fantasy City worker placement. You don't need to okay. worry yeah, too much about a, it. It's got just a, a small sprinkling of C, you know, yeah. D&D seasoning on yeah. it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you know some of the characters from like the wider Forgotten Realms setting, then you'll see stuff and go, oh, I know that character. But if you don't, it doesn't matter. Sure. Yeah. My number three is the adrenaline-fueled alien-smashing nonsense that is Project Elite. Wow, it got to wow. three. This got up to number three. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I've played this game, it's given me such ridiculous childlike joy. I mean, like, literally, I just <laughs> yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. a massive... Yeah, just I'm just such a massive kid. Just, oh, I'll kill the aliens. Pew, pew, pew. It's so much fun. Just running around, getting upgrades for your guns, trying to work together with your teammates, and then two minutes of pure... You're just yelling. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's as close as you can get to as an adult to going into the woods and picking up a stick that looks vaguely like a gun and literally running around chatting <laughs> QQ, isn't it? So. It is that, the board game. Yeah. It's so, so good. I mean, yeah, I've had discussions about, you know, is is it really super replayable? Isn't there a low ceiling on how good you can get at the game? Yes, I don't give a fuck. This game is still yeah. so... Doesn't make it any less fun. That doesn't make it any less fun. You get a group of guys or girls together that want to just have a blast for an hour. You don't play this to think heavily about it. You play this. It's the we talked about it on the we played. This is the action movie of board games. It's a popcorn game. It's the popcorn game. You get your big gun. You blow the aliens up. You go yeah, high five, crack a beer, and then play something else after. (laughs) Brilliant. And it's just it gives me so much joy. That's my number three, 
Project Elite. Nice. I, I think just just to add my little bit on there is like my favourite bit of that and and the replayability for that comes from introducing new people and oh then my just God. going, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what I do. <laughs> I can't roll the dice fast enough. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Right, so number two. This is one I know for a fact that will not be on anyone's list because I don't think any of you have played it. And that is the alternative to Dinosaur Island. Ah. I'm going with Dinogenic. <laughs> I've kept meaning to play it mm. but yes. for the comparison and just haven't yeah. managed to get around I, to it. I, I'm intending on getting you guys to play it at some point yeah, because I maintain that Absolutely. this is just that little bit better You're allowed to be wrong. than Dinosaur Island. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, I'm open to discussion. I, I'm I, open to any dino breeding uh, theme park based games exactly and <laughs> theme there you go that's why it's number two for me I love dinosaurs mm. like literally I will play a dino theme game every day cracking I would have no problem with that and this one is fantastic it's a shame it's a kickstarter exclusive yeah. and it's a shame. it is a yeah. table hog yeah but when they openly announce that they make a loss on every single game with the production of it because the production is top notch oh, yeah. right. I've, right. I've, I've, see, I've seen on. it laid out and it looks brilliant I would love um, to play it. It looks, yeah. it's like the serious older brother of uh, of Dinosaur Island, it um, is, yeah. w- without being on, you know, LSD. I think it's, <laughs> it looks, it looks cracking. Actually, I would like to play. I would very much like to play Dinosaur. Yeah, I, I will make sure you guys get to play it because it really is a top quality game. But yeah, just fun replayability. Not really douchebaggery enhancing, but I guess there are parts in there. One of the things, because you have to have goats to feed your your carnivals. I have a habit of having herbivore-only parks and still taking all the goats. (laughs) So that no one can feed their (laughs) dogs. Just hate-drafting goats. Hate-drafting goats. I've actually played that game where I've got nothing but goats. Because you can have (laughs) a goat farm in that game. Man. Number two, Dynagenics. Very nice. Nice. My number two is a Eric Lang game. And Mm. speaking of tentacles, sir... It is Cthulhu Death May Die. Oh, that's a bloody good yeah. one. Only, really only one I've played very recently. I've wanted to play it for a while. It's been out since 2018, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I got it for Christmas from my wife. My wife bought it for me for Christmas. So all of January, every game night has literally been a Cthulhu Death May Die night. <laughs> I love the idea about it being done in episodes. that You yep. don't even know what's happening until you open the yep. box up and then that's your story. That's what you do. From ages, I was a massive um, Manchester Madness fan. This knocks it out of the park. No need for the app. It's all done there and there in front of you. It's a simple, you know, luck of the dice. Dice you game roll. as well, yeah. Uh, I love the idea of, like, you go mad, upgrade you, but can also kill you. Uh, you can choose a different Elder God for every episode, so mm-hmm. every episode mm-hmm. could be different. The amount of investigators you can have, you can pick. It's just so much to this game, and it just keeps giving and giving. And being a gamer, this, you know, I fought Nemesis with the Dark Souls. This is the bloodborne right. of yes. board games. Oh, this shit. is a hard son of a gun. It is, yeah. It's totally yeah. hard. But it, we, we've got to that stage now where if we don't finish an episode, if we don't win it, we don't go on the next episode. We try again. Yeah, of course. We win it to go on the next <laughs> oh, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how far it's got now. And I just love the fact how it's... You know, it's been, like I said, it's been up for ages. I've only recently played it and it's number two on my list. Wow. That's how much it's of an effect right it has had on me. Yeah. I freaking love this game and I love Cthulhu's, you know, HP Lovecraft stuff. So that right cool. at the It out. takes a different approach to Lovecraft where as opposed to like hanging on to a thread, this is like running around shooting Cthulhu in the face with big guns. And it, it is a blast. And it's actually, interestingly enough, co-designed by Rob Davio. That's who, right. Yeah, who's uh, the brains behind the legacy 
fame games like Pandemic Legacy, Risk Legacy, mm-hmm. etc. So, um, and it sort of shows in that design. But I think it's magic. I need I need to play it more. Yeah. For me to get that onto my list, but I thought it was cracking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really good. Yeah. Number two. Number two. Number two is Terraforming Mars. Oh, oh nice. I thought this might be on your list. I yeah. forgot to put it on my list. I love Terraforming Mars. Completely forgot it. I've I've had Terraforming Mars for years. Um, I got still it. Still haven't let me play it. I got it shortly after it came out, and I, I've actually only recently started to pick up the expansions for it. It's got oh, nice. four or five expansions yeah. now. So I've just got the first expansion, Venus Next, mm. which sort of just adds a little bit more to the game. And every time I've played it, I've really, really enjoyed it. It's got a really great combination of sort of tableau building area control there's lots to consider in the way that you do your area control and Mm. lay out your tiles there's if you play with some of the expansions or some of the more advanced cards there's loads of player interaction with other players it's great it's it's even got a really good solo mode which i've played a couple of times and won and lost various different times but it's is that where you get to be matt damon yeah 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 Uh, (laughs) matt damon Damon, matt damon with uh, billions of dollars of industrial equipment Good choice. Yeah, really good stuff. I'm going to mosey on down to town. Uh, Western really? Legends made it to number two. That is phenomenally wow. high. Yeah, surprising. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, surprised me, honestly. Yeah, uh, interesting. As we've said multiple times, this whole top 10 or 20 is highly malleable. And on any yeah. given day, this may have scored higher or lower. But yeah, it's so easy to get into. And as you said, Wayne, a sandbox of adventure where you can. To varying degrees, depending on your outlook, I suppose, adding your own little stories. And, um, you know, you mentioned a bunch of the stuff you can do from mining gold to somehow sending the man in black after the highest infamy guy. Yeah. Or being that guy. You sell, you sell, you mine your gold, you sell it to the bank, then go rob the bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rob over, the bank on the way out. Knock over the trading store, sucker punch Wayne yeah. on the way out of town, and then hide out in the hills before rustling some cattle. It's. It is also great for generating sort of just natural stories between the players. It's like yeah. Shia, uh, you have this really yeah. sort of emergent storytelling, emergent storytelling that's stuff right. that's going on. Just during, or um, yeah. Uh, Fallout. Yeah, exactly as well. Fallout oh. should have been... I thought they I, would I, be in your top I, ten. I, yeah. I th- thing is, though, I've only played it the once. Yeah. Western, oh, Legends, okay. Western Legends I've played a bunch more. Fallout is more involved i think as sure. a game um desperate to play more because i saw the stack of story cards yeah he just wants to play more of barely that, yeah. scra- scraped it so fallout i'm desperate to play more of um uh, but yeah western legends is absolute blast and with recent expansions yes uh in, well, in wayne's collection excited to play again uh desperate Is that the anti-up one not yet but I will be getting that too. Uh, I've, got two, I've got the two small box expansions. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Mr. Mills from the comic shop has the train. Ah, nice. I, I, I want to get the train involved so we can get And there get is one other new one, on. uh, Blood Money, which is the most recent one, which I'll be getting to. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, uh, Chris, we will get that game in at some point. Sooner the better, um, whether it be at the comic shop or otherwise. And, yeah, you'll hear us hooting and hollering. Mm. Educate some hoes. Educate some hoes. <laughs> That's a cracking, cracking choice. My number two is a beautiful story of woodland murder. Uh, (laughs) That is Root. Root, the second I played it, it ticked so many boxes for me in terms of things that I like about board games. I like unique player powers. It it takes that to the nth level in terms of asymmetry. It's so disparate, it doesn't feel like it should be... 
a your, game that works together. It's yeah, pe- yeah it's amazing. So, some of the factions you are literally playing your own game, and you don't care what other players are doing. You're just doing your own thing, mm. and it's so fabulously done. I mean, it the mind boggles the amount of work that went into that game to make it work. And there's everything I like about that game. The production is stunning. It's a beautiful production. Um, it's not over the top and ostentatious. It's exactly what it needs to be. The game is smart it is ruthless when you're looking at it you're thinking okay this is like a strategy game no it's a bloody war game you are committing bloody murder when you're looking at the uh, <laughs> the cards the action cards that you have during the game yeah there's some sort of cutesy artwork and when you look a little bit closer there's like an there's an owl shanking someone in the back it's just like it's like it's, it's a, a little, very misleading looking game, yeah it's very it? misleading it's very dark the only difficulty with this game is the teaching it is very difficult mm. so just because of the pure asymmetry and it's this is not a light game this is one of the heavier games that you'll encounter and again yeah. is disproportionately so when you look at the box don't be fooled this is a heavyweight game but it's bloody amazing and deserves in every way you can imagine to be number two on my list and is just magic and I think it'll always be up there it's a brilliant game my number two Root nice good choice we're getting to number it's one folks number one time oh and the pressure the pressure will at need this to be point I will say that I've guessed two of Tom's top five I've guessed three of Ant's top five Oh, wow. I have guessed with one to go. Yeah, I have guessed. So is it Jason? Top five. I've not. I've not done very well with Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I am the unpredictable one. Uh, and I've guessed one of Simon's. So Alrighty. that is it so far. So we'll see how we go with number one. Very nice. Yeah, okay. So I, I feel like Jason's got such a well relative to my experience a, wi- like a, sound? a wider <laughs> range of games experience than I do. So yeah, they could go anywhere here. Yeah, um, I mean, this game I, I've harped on about absolutely, just so much, so, so much. The theme sold it to me. It was the very first Kickstarter that I ever backed. It is a co-op game. Okay. Again, so I, I'm, I'm into my co-op mechanics. And it is about the monster busting teenagers with attitude. Oh. Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. Yeah. Nice. Renegade <laughs> Games. I really I, want to play this. Yeah, I've, I've seen, I've yeah, seen it yeah, a few times. I saw it when you, I think when you first got it. Yeah, exactly. I've had this game for so long now. I and they've recently got it in the comic shop as well as mm. part of the board game library. Yeah. We played it the other week and just people crowded around the table to yeah. see the miniatures, all that kind of jazz. It's a really great game. Take away the IP, I get that not everyone's going to be into the whole Power Rangers thing. It is one of the most well-constructed co-op games mm. I have ever played. Nice. It's not easy. Yeah. I would say that we lose quite a lot. Obviously, depending <laughs> on which bosses, which monsters you're fighting. You know, if you're like myself and you've got countless amounts of expansions, the expansions just take the difficulty from hard to what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Um, you know, they're based on the comic series of the Power Rangers, so you've also got the um, Lord Draken stuff where, you know, the, 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 the big, you know, you never got the White Ranger. Uh-huh. It just becomes this absolute like brutal bastard that kills, Re- uh, kills Lord Zed <laughs> and just takes over the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, miniatures, really high quality, tiny little board. 
absolutely tiny little board. I, that's, it's, I never it's got about maybe, that game. I was surprised. Maybe 15 yeah, 15 inches circled. Oh, it's yeah. really, so really, really small. You put on there, just like it's overflowing. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like it's all done on panicking these four different parts of the board. So easy to lose. Ridiculously hard to win. Very much like Project Elite. In the sense of you think you're on top of it, and then all of a sudden, 400 million fucking putties are standing there with <laughs> a monster and Laura Rita. <laughs> 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 yeah, <that's just> <laughs> and that's the other thing. Yeah. Anyone who knows the original TV series, the nostalgia comes back because literally everyone will sit there doing the noises. Absolutely Wonderful. fucking Tell love me it. you do that when you put them on the board. Oh, right? I do. Yeah. You do. All the time. <laughs> Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. Good choice, sir. Beautiful. Good choice. Good game. Uh, everyone who knows me, you all know what this was going to be straight off the bat. In my opinion, the best co-op social deduction game there. Who goes there? Who ha- goes there? Has been my number one for ages and will probably be there for a long time. I just love the idea. In social deduction games, someone is already the bad person straight away and you have to guess who it is. In this game, everyone is good to start off with. And it's a soon- if you don't know the game very well, it's based on the movie slash book of the, the thing. thing. Yeah. And it has 12 vulnerable cards in it. One of those cards out of the 12 is the infection. So as soon as someone starts taking that card, that's when everyone turns on one another and then starts ploying, well, why isn't he bunking with him? Why isn't he having food with him? Why are they not doing camp events? Why are they not fixing the door? Why are they not fixing the board? It is incredible. I have such a blast and a thrill ride every time I play this game. You- we've played it loads and we've only won twice. I love who mm. goes there. I've not yeah. played it in a couple of years. Yeah. And I've the, the, second edition, the second edition is brilliant. They you, fixed say, everything. The or, yeah. You have the second edition. Second edition, yeah. It fixed everything. New mechanics, new characters. I need to play uh, that new with cards. you. Are you kidding me? It's, yeah. yeah. Dude, it's, seriously. It's relatively, if, if it's the one I'm remembering, it's relatively simple. Like, an, an event yeah. happens, you're like, oh, you need to go and fix the door and turn the boiler exactly. back on. Yeah. Should be should be straightforward. And yeah. to make a game so tense and like, untrusting, out I just of love relatively the cl- simple the clickers, actions. I love that. And I just love how, like I said, everyone is on everyone's side. Let's go do this, do that. But as soon as that car, that vulnerable car gets picked, that's it. Yep. Everything is just flipped over. And then it's, no, it's a guessing game from there on. Love it will be my number one for a while. Excellent. That's a cracking nice choice, story, yeah. mate. Yeah, Who Goes There is is a wonderful game. Uh, yeah, you, we have to play the second edition. I need to yes, play that. please. Yeah. I keep yeah. getting Jason to do it. Jason, do it. Yes. Please. <laughs> please do that. Okay. Wait, what game am I setting up? I'm setting up a game after this, aren't I? Forgotten Waters. You need to set up uh, uh, yeah, totally. uh, Who Goes There. Tom. All right. Number one. Pax Magnifica. Bellum yeah. Gloriosum. <laughs> Twilight Imperium 4. Nice. I, yeah. It so jumped straight to number one. I, I picked this up, what, f- uh, October last year. I've been meaning to play it for years. Oh, yeah. Just the only thing that has stopped me from doing so is having a reliable and large enough group to sort sure. of get the people together. Mm. We have played four times now in as many months. And I intend on trying to keep it a monthly game every month for as long as I can possibly manage. (laughs) And I am already on the lookout for the very hard-to-get-hold-of expansion, which is uh, hopefully going to be back in print soon. I have enjoyed it so much every time we play. Wayne mentioned it. It's an event yeah, it is all day. Yeah, I was going to say how long is it? All day long. All day. Yeah, uh, we we've played twice with six players, and it took eight hours wow. more or less time, both yeah. times. And it's been worth it, obviously. Absolutely, every minute worth every single <laughs> every penny. And I have already started upgrading most of the components. Nice. Uh, I've got a nice mat. I'm trying to get hold of some 
sort of little stands to put the fleets on because a board can get quite crowded. It is quite it, quite crowded. Uh, it, is, Wayne. Look, it takes up an absurd <laughs> amount of room. You need two two whole tables time. to be able to play it. And it's yeah, it's everything I want from a grand strategy game that you have just you can't get anywhere else. It's got some of the best sort of intrigue politics bullshit yeah. politics stuff that you can get in wow. in a game just because the stakes are so high yeah. and the game the breadth of the game is so huge um i absolutely love twilight imperium 4 it is well deserved mm. and is an easy number one uh, yeah it's a magic choice tom and so that is the third one that i've hugely imperfect you probably yeah. have guessed that one yeah. <laughs> it's a cracking choice mate hugely impactful game yes. uh, but a hell of a proposition so. Yes. So it is uh, it's certainly and, not for everyone and i have i have sort of curated the players that we want to get into it on purpose mm. yeah it's not for everyone but it's an amazing game i think this is at least the third time this game's getting mentioned and probably no surprise to mr wayne here mm. scythe oh it's wow. scythe okay very nice number one it, it one of the first games we played oh. together as well but yeah it. yeah one of the earlier games one of the bigger games the quality of the production has never left my brain as being outstanding. Yeah. And we've played a lot of high quality oh, we have. production games. This still stands out as one of the best. And then, as we've said when you were talking about it, the Cold War standoff, rather than it being a battle in terms of number of men and robots going to fight, it is, yeah. can you hold the territory? Can you progress yourself better than your opponent rather than outright stamping them because there's penalties to be paid everywhere and to have each of those different things that can play off each other yes you gain benefits for winning a battle but you gain benefits for having outright power for popularity for number of resources for territory owned there's so many other routes to success and you need to look at your own player board as well and uh, working out what that gears you towards because there are some you know ways to take advantage of that too it's a it's a magic game, Scythe, yeah. And that limited, purposely limited uh, option of you can do one of the other four, three things on the board, You've, unless you're that one faction that can repeat an action. You've only got one or three choices every round. should be simple, but you can sit there going, what on earth? How do I fathom the next? Because it's not just, oh, what do I want to do next? It's what do I need to do in the right order that means that I'll ever get anywhere? And there's always a route. There's always a way around. It might not be the one you wanted, but oh my god, it's so good, so good. It's a it's a game about efficiency when yeah. it comes to the action economy. Yeah, it's an efficiency puzzle. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's. Well, I mean, it, it's number one for a reason in my head. It, beyond the design of the, you know, the look and style of the thing, the gameplay is just the pinnacle of that cleanliness of action. It's elegance, right? Yeah. And on that note, my number one is a crossover with Simon at number one, which is Scythe. Hey, yeah. oh, wow. So uh, my favourite game of all time at this point. Yeah, so Scythe ticks so many boxes for me. The elegance of the design is something really to be admired with looking at the game and feeling how intimidating it, it feels at first, but it's so smart and sharp. And the world that has been created... It just evokes these really peculiar feelings in me. I mean, it's such a wonderful game anyway, 
but it gives you a sense of just foreboding, of a foreboding coldness. That yeah, it's a weird crossover because it could have just been nineteen twenties Russia, but it's added in that robotic malevolence. I suppose. Yeah, that's right. And you have weirdly these... steampunk Cold War. It's yeah, alternate history, nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, and you've got these wonderful. Uh, event cards and various elements of art in the game where you have this beautiful sort of agricultural landscape with these sort of slightly washed out colours and then the background looms sort of these giant mechs and industrial machines and warfare which is just this amazing juxtaposition which just drags you into the world just through art and it's a wonderful example of what I think is art in board games. Not just art in design, but art as in the production. Mm-hmm. And those two things together have created a fantastic product that I think will stay very high at the top of my list for a long time, and I'm desperate to play it again. Well, again, with expansions to be played. with The Wind the... Gambit and for the Rise of Fenris, which I'm desperate to play too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got one, one playthrough of the, the Fenris uh, add-on. I think we've we played. need so much more, yeah. And There's so yeah, much more to do. Get, get, I'm desperate to see how those airships affect the gameplay. Yeah, and plus everything else in the box for, for the Rise of Fenris. It's, mod, it's a modular expansion. It's just magic. So my number one, uh, well-deserved, and to no surprise to me, is Scythe. Good choice, Wayne. I'm very surprised by that. <laughs> I, I thought Eric Lang would jump on that number one spot somewhere. But... Now, here's the thing. Uh, we'll have a quick debrief on uh, what you were surprised by. And for me, the Eric Lang games all appeared... Uh, between 11 and uh, sort of 16. So they were so close behind. I mean, I mean, uh, in it, uh, the, the Ankh was 12, Rising Sun was 14, Blood Rage was 15. Nice. So mm. they're so close to the top 10. And like, cause you can jiggle this in a number of ways. Oh, but, yeah, um, they are amazing games in their own right. I mean, yeah. that's not to say they're not great. They're just not... Still a good choice number one, mate. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, chaps? Is there anything that you feel was close to getting there but didn't quite get there? I have quite a few honourable mentions, like... I mean, one of them I haven't even played yet, which is... This is the reason it's not on the list, because I haven't actually been able to sit down and play it yet, but it is the big buzz at the moment, which is Ark Nova. Oh, I see. Everyone I talks about that. I am desperate to yeah, play yeah, yeah. that game, and I've, I've lost three different pre-orders because of allocations. And right, stuff like I see, that. I see, I see. Um, we need but to, yeah. I, I can already tell that with the buzz it's created from, from what I've seen of video playthroughs, yeah. It is going to be in my top ten very, very quickly once I finally get hold of a fucking copy. <laughs> and you can play it, yep. And I will be playing that ASAP. But yeah, anything else for you guys? What ended up close but not yeah, quite? Yeah, uh, Zia, Wingspan. Um, yeah, great games as well. Eldritch Horror. They were all sort of in my top 20 but just slightly missed and the cut. Inish and Ankh, you could have just, yeah. you could flip a I coin. F- and it, I feel like, yeah, yeah if, I, if you'd asked me on a different day, I might have voted one over the other yeah. and they would have been in the top 10. But um, that's that's the way the chips fell. So. Yeah. How about you, Simon? Partly, I suppose, because some of my thinking was towards that design, production, more gamey type games. Yeah. Um, the more simple puzzle-type games dropped a little lower. I was going to say, I, I expected to kind of see Azul in there. But, Azul was uh, yeah. 14 it's based very close on the still, kicking yeah. I mean, on the ranking, it only came up maybe twice. So I think, yeah. however that algorithm worked, it just dropped it out of contention fairly quick. Um, similarly, more simple party-type games, so Taco Cat, Goat Cheese Pizza. More wordy-type games, so Bananagrams. Yeah, Hughes and Q's. I had, I had Bananagrams come up against Tapestry. I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one is me going, I know... 10,000 different words and I'm quick at finding anagrams 
the other is a four-hour yeah, game where I'm yeah. trying to take over the world. I don't know how to compare them. <laughs> yeah. So based on it's 144 nicely made tiles versus a giant ass board game with hundreds of pieces. Magic. I felt like I should go tapestry, mm. but they, yeah. they're, they're incomparable. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, there's a few kind of party or puzzly type games that I love, but wouldn't necessarily make a top ten more readily because okay. I think those with the strong design, the ones I mentioned, yeah, probably should rank. Higher, okay, uh, and anything that dropped out, but uh... Uh, very quickly, uh, we mentioned earlier was Western Legends. Yeah, Again, it was a game. I'm not into cowboys and Indians, but that game yeah. threw me off. It really got me into the genre. Um, uh, I'm going to represent it here because I know not a lot of gamers like it. But Zombie Side, no, I love Zombie Side, great. I, don't... I throw it in there. Um, have you? I mean, I don't know if you have in the end. Did you book Marvel Zombies? Yes, but not all ah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't spent like, four hundred and fifty dollars. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I, got, I got up to the Galactus part and then that's it. I didn't go any further. I, I kept telling myself I wouldn't do it, but I, I, <laughs> I, I, I bit the bullet. Which, in the end. which version of Zombie Side have you played, or which versions have you played? Which, is, uh, which hasn't it? So I've uh, Invader, yeah. Black Plague, yeah. uh, Second Edition, and Not the Living Dead. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I really like Black Plague and Invaders. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Invader yeah. was the substitute for, for Nemesis yeah. until I yeah. got hold of Nemesis. Yeah. I, I, uh, and Marvel United, I really do like that game. Nice. Uh, was in the top uh, 10 to, uh, sorry, 11 to 20. Hmm. Yeah. There's some cracking games in there. The four-way crossovers that we have, we sadly didn't get a five-way crossover, which is a bit of a shame, but we did get Scythe, which was a four-way crossover. I think if I'd remembered to put Scythe on my list, it probably would have been in there as <gasps> oh, well. did you forget? Oh, I completely forgot. <laughs> How oh. did you forget? So that one's my fault. <laughs> that there, one's there, a, there's well, been a few instances, though, where so, someone's been saying the game's, ah, oh, no, I forgot to put that on the list, yeah. and knowing that it would have been on there. Yeah, that's a shame. And then the other four-way crossover was June Imperium, so rightly so. Yeah. Was a, a yeah. and Cracking think, game. Wait, who had smartphone? That was me, Tom, Jason and Jason. Yeah, that was just a th- yeah. So we had a few three-way crossovers and a couple of four-way crossovers. So some good choices as well, guys. Yeah, really good choices. And some I really want to play as well. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my list of want to play is now slightly longer from yeah. stuff I've not necessarily been too familiar with. Gosh, I need more time. Yeah, <laughs> I also just it. really want to play all of the things that I've mentioned. In, yeah, I want to play, so them, want to play yeah, them all again. Exactly. Yeah, Get around yeah. to it again. Quite so right. I think I'm probably the luckiest out of all of you. I have so much gaming that I do every single week and I still don't have enough time yeah. to play all the yeah. games that I want. Oh, damn it, Jason. Damn you. Damn it, Jason. <laughs> Quiet. He also doesn't sleep. I don't. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Board Stupid. Subscribe to us for updates and to get future episodes of the show delivered directly to your ear holes via your favourite podcast service. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Board Stupid UK, spelled B-O-A-R-D. And our home, anchor.fm forward slash Board Stupid, again spelled B-O-A-R-D. And you can find the MTVB podcast. Uh, talk yeah. to us. Give us your plug. So it's the podcast that talks about movies, TV shows, video games, and board games. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere. If any of those take your fancy, give us a listen. The support will be much, very much appreciated. Thank you. Mate. And you can also find the Meeple Minded podcast. You can indeed. You just search for Meeple Minded podcast. <laughs> Wherever uh, you can find all... your favourite podcast. Exactly. We're, we're in all the same places that you can find these wonderful guys. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well, though you are far better at the Instagram side of things than I am. I like but, taking yeah. pictures. What can I say? I just prefer that to Simon. I 100% yeah. recommend both of these guys' podcasts, not just because we've been good friends for a long time, but they both offer not only what here at Board Stupid Offer, but different approaches. Yeah. Jason yeah. and James over at Meeple Minded regularly do 
a more strict review method, I'd say, than what we do. And I really enjoy that side. Also with the news from Paul, although, my God, I will rip that duck out of his hands. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul. I will pass that <laughs> Not on. Not a fan I? of Brian. Um, but yeah, great content every week. Similarly, Anthony has a wider range, not just board games, but as he says, movies, TVs, video games, as well as the board games. Great bunch of guys. You'll hear a lot of different and in-depth stuff every week and well worth a listen there. So Thank search you. them out. Thank you very much. You guys will join us next year for the 2023 top 10, hopefully. I, th- I think we will. I mean, are we going to survive another year? That's the real this question. Is it. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, thank Let's you for having it. us on, guys. Oh, my pleasure. If you like any of our content, do all of us a massive favour. Give us a five-star review wherever you can review us and share the links to any episodes on social media. If you've got any feedback, comments or questions, stick in the comments below because we love hearing from you. What do you think of our top 10s? Whose did you agree with the most? Who was right and why was it me? Thanks for listening. (laughs) We'll catch you again real soon.